Hi, everyone, and welcome to our new NKBA podcast. My name is Pamela McNally, and I'm going to be your host over the next several episodes where I will be talking with people who I meet on my travels in different events, conferences, and meetings. And before I forget, this podcast is worth one half of a CEU credit. Before we start, however, I'd like to thank Decor for sponsoring this podcast and always being such a great NKBA partner. Just as an aside, NKBA did an event earlier this week in Irvine, California in the Decor showroom. And can I just say, what a beautiful space. And a big shout out to the showroom team, specifically Victoria and Laurent, and the SoCal NKBA president, Joseph DeCasparis, for showing up and always supporting our efforts there. Thank you all. You know, I love podcasts, and especially the ones that are casual and fun, but also informative. I'm hoping our sessions follow that guide, and if they don't, please feel free to call me out on it. With this in mind, I'm here in Dallas, talking live from the lobby of Cedia Expo, the home technology show where NKBA is holding its first regional chapter conference tomorrow. That is where we are pulling in chapters from the surrounding regions to join us here for a day-long event to get together, talk through some topical issues, and learn from experts. The purpose of this conference, co-located with Cedia Expo, is to talk about the growing importance of integrating design and technology in today's homes, especially the kitchen and bath, where they so often intersect. Here to chat with me today for a warm-up before our session at the conference tomorrow is Jamie Briesmeister, CEO of uh, Integ Integration Controls and Vice Chair at CD Organization. She's a fierce advocate of technology and design collaboration and someone I always have a great time talking to because she's so passionate about helping the industry. Hi, Jamie. Hello. And thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. I really appreciate it, Pam. So, you know what I want to know? Why aren't we further along? Why aren't we further along in this journey towards integration of design and technology? Um, it seems like every time you look at a redesign of a multi-million dollar home, you know, I've talked about this, you know, we've got outlets, we've got uh, keyboards, we've got, as you call, wall acne, and lots and lots of wires. Yeah. Why? Why? That's a great question. I often wonder that too when I see it. Um, yeah. I think a, a lot of times it's uh, a combination of fear, mm -hmm. Uh, a lot of homeowners, designers in, in particular, don't want to seem ignorant if they're creating a solution or want to talk about a new product that they've seen. Uh, and confusion. Uh, there's a lot of confusion about what a smart home is mm -hmm. and how it's marketed to the masses and what you see are often you know, technology widgets and gadgets that hang out on top of our counters that we don't want to see. The charging station. The charging station, right, the pile of wires. Um, and that is not really what we think of when we think of a smart home mm -hmm. because as a Cedia integrator and someone who understands the products that can go in a home and be hidden, and really offer that um, design aesthetic on top of all the function that a smart home can offer. That's really that blend and most people don't know. So there's a confusion over what smart home is and then there's the fear factor mm -hmm. that adds to that element. So talk to me about, first of all, let me just say the pandemic has made everything, pushed everything faster forward, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, think about commerce, e-commerce, um, you know, showroom, et cetera. But, you know, the one thing that it hasn't pushed forward is technology in the home outside of the things that we all know about. So talk to me about what you consider some of the typical mistakes you've seen and how can a designer who maybe doesn't know avoid them or what can they do to kind of prevent them from happening? Absolutely. I think one of the biggest challenges would be starting with um, Wi-Fi mm -hmm. and just understanding what Wi-Fi is in the home, where it is and where it is not. Uh, so if you specify products that need a Wi-Fi connection and you expect it to be in the kitchen and without verifying if there's a good signal in that kitchen, it may or may not connect the way you expect. 
And so the mistake that we've seen in the pandemic really highlighted it is homes that have a poor Wi-Fi signal throughout. And even if it's a fine Wi-Fi signal throughout, can you handle multiple Zoom calls, multiple Teams calls, downloading you know, internet content mm -hmm. at the same time as maybe your children are going to school? So all of that bandwidth was taken up um, and people experienced a lot of dropouts. The other mistake is to just think that wireless is the way to go. Um, wireless is a problem solving solution it's not typically one that you lead with necessarily, um, with the exception of certain kinds of wireless signals. Mm -hmm. And then that goes into that confusion side of what is wireless? Are we talking infrared, which is pointer remote at your TV, that's wireless. Are we talking radio frequency, which mm -hmm. is a lot of lighting switches use radio frequency. Are we talking Wi-Fi, Z-Wave, Zigbee? All of these are wireless signals. So when someone says, yeah, I want it all wireless, well, what are we talking about? So that mistake of uh, just kind of, you know, over-assuming certain things and then under-assuming. Uh, assuming Wi-Fi will cover and then assuming that it's in the space, but then not verifying if it is. I can't imagine that any of your any of the consumers know what Zigbee is, but right. before we get to that, what would you lead with then? So you're, you're obviously, you're a designer, you're talking yeah. to a client and they're saying wireless because that's a buzzword. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe in their mind, they're thinking TV, remote, maybe some music, temperature controls. Mm -hmm. um, but if you're a designer and you're speaking with your client, what do you lead with? I, so I think of wireless as they want a wireless experience, mm -hmm. okay? So taking that into consideration when someone says it's wireless this or wireless that, they, they don't wanna see it, they don't wanna interact with the wire, they don't wanna have to be tethered to something, but that doesn't mean that the product, it may or may not be connected to a wire on the back end. So I lead with um, the conversation of, let's talk about truly the foundation of a smart home is a wireless signal. Mm -hmm. And that's, it starts with a hard wire into the home, oftentimes into a router and modem, and then hard wires to other access points. And then you get the wireless signal from there. And that's the experience that you get is that wireless. So, so let's <laughs> talk about the one thing yeah. that everybody, everybody, wants to make sure that they have connected, which is a TV. Yeah. So I want to ask you this because I know, you know, we and I have chatted about it briefly, but I always wanted to know, how did the TV end up above the fireplace? How did that <laughs> friggin' thing end up? And almost every house that you see, the TV is above a fireplace. Yes. And you see wires. Tell me, how did that, how did that happen? Because it's everywhere. It's, you know, fireplace, they can be a focal point of the mm -hmm. home. And so I think that's where that focal point is. We set our interiors around to, you know, cozy up around mm -hmm. the fire. And in that same space is where a lot of people wanna watch a movie. And so where else are you going to put it except for the center of the room where everything's centered on and it happens to be above the fireplace. Now, that's what is commonly seen. Mm -hmm. And yet we can do all kinds of things that can eliminate that from being that particular space, either a, a television that doesn't look like a television covered with art, has an art screen of some kind, or one that can drop from a ceiling mm -hmm. or come out of some other space. Um, or just relocate it and work with a designer earlier on in the process to find a better spot for the television. That's probably the better way That's to probably, go. But you know what, to yeah. do that, you probably have to know about that in advance because yeah. here's what you don't want to do. You right. don't want to have, I think as one of your examples, you told me earlier was like the husband yeah. <laughs> going and putting it in himself yes. and like, what was he drilling through the mortar or what was he doing? I don't even know how he got it installed, quite frankly. <laughs> it was after a renovation though. Right. And yeah. it was, and they had spent quite a lot of money and time 
doing what they did to their house. It was beautiful with the exception of the television install, which looked horrendous. <laughs> it was hanging from the ceiling. It looked like a plumber <laughs> installed it. There was wires off to the side because they didn't understand that they mm -hmm. actually needed a wire to go to the television and it needed power even. So um, that's why we were brought into that one. You know, you do see that often, don't yeah. you? When somebody remodels, it's beautiful, you're so happy. And then if they invite you back and you go back, sometimes you'll see things that are like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe they did that. Why didn't we just talk about that beforehand? But I do think that consumers, clients, even designers don't think of things beforehand, yeah. which is I, I think is a big problem, particularly when you talk about the kitchens, right? So let's let's shift a little bit because kitchens are where a lot of the activity is. It's the heart of the home. Heart of the home, and it's yeah. where a lot of things are occurring that might need wireless activity. Totally. Um, so we've got appliances that are jumping into the technology frame, I mean, mm -hmm. fray pretty quickly. So what is your advice to a designer doing a remodel with an eye to connected space, some of the do's and don'ts of integrating technology, specifically in the kitchen? Yeah, specifically in the kitchen. Um, well, let's think of the activities that happen there mm -hmm. first, right? Um, and then the technology supports that because so some people cook in their kitchen, some don't, <laughs> True. right? Um, some entertain and eat and gather in their kitchen and some don't. Um, the pandemic showed that the kitchen is now an office space for mm -hmm. a lot of people, which was a surprise maybe. Um, but that trend or that event in time has passed, mm -hmm. although Zoom calls, team calls, remote is still happening. Um, and schooling. And schooling, absolutely. That's still happening absolutely. too. Absolutely. I, I have a friend whose daughter is wanting to do homeschooling. Mm -hmm. and, and so she's back at the house. Um, but as far as that kitchen space and looking at it from a connected event, right? what's going to happen in there? What lighting do we need to see? There's always going to be at least five or six light switches on a wall. So that's a given. Mm -hmm. Like That's one of the things that's an automatic way to make the space better is to cut down those light switches. Um, when you think about connectivity, it has to have a wireless signal somewhere in that space. Mm -hmm. uh, there's testing equipment where we can know if that exists or not. Um, that's what we typically do as part of our process. Um, so lighting, uh, because you need a seat to cook. Uh, and if you're cooking, what kind of appliances are you going to use to connect and help make that better, right? Monogrammed, you know, what, what type of um, food are you making and, and what do you want to do with it and what do you want it to look like whenever it's done if you entertain a lot let's make sure there's music in the space mm -hmm. that the that the lighting can dim um, and then whenever you have a nice holiday evening you know let's see what you can do maybe some color changing lights to make it fun so you don't have to put christmas lights up or holiday lights in your house right there's so many things that technology can do to support but it starts with what is happening already in the kitchen or in the bathroom space, right? You know, a lot of people use the bathroom, and they use the phone when they're in the bathroom, and so it needs a wireless signal as well, right? Well, I would, <laughs> especially today, everything going on. But yeah. I, let me just go back to the kitchen for a second because I think what also happens is you've got people obviously buy an appliance package, but then there yeah. are other appliances that they bring in that aren't the same brand, um, and also our like coffee makers, coffee and makers, stuff. Okay. you know, yeah. wine bars. Right. Um, you've got you know maybe a, uh, a convection oven, a speed oven. You've got okay. a microwave drawer. You've got a, maybe a dishwasher drawers that are going to be separate from your main. Yeah, yeah. Um, so how do you can again? Do you connect them all? Is it necessary to connect them all? Um, and I'm say for example, I entertain a lot mm -hmm. and I cook a lot. Mm -hmm. How do you? What's important in that environment? Right. Yeah. Right. You know. 
I may have a stance that some manufacturers of smart appliances may not like. There, it's smart if it does valuable things for you, mm -hmm. you know? Connected in a way that supports what you're doing and how you live. Um, connected in a sense of telling you that alerts, you left the stove on, you need to turn it off. Um, it, there's a, a filter that's about to go out, or maybe there's a service mm -hmm. that needs to happen. Um, remembering if you cook a certain thing a certain way and you want to remember how you do that and saving that setting. That makes sense to me. Other parts of smart, I think you and I have talked about, mm -hmm. you know, the, the panel in the refrigerator and that's typically not aesthetically pleasing and fingerprints all over the place, right? Right. Um, some of that I don't understand. And, and I don't think it adds the value that you would be looking for in a kitchen space. You know what I love? I love the appliances that are thinking of the future and already have that kind of cooking setting, whether it's sous vide or some other setting, that all they need to do is update the app and it's in the appliance. That you was amazing. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, that happened at Kata's, I yes. think. It was right yes. around the time Monogram like downloaded some widget into these convection ovens that is you know, now they have the latest and greatest features which i think is fantastic almost i think all decor all of these appliances they do it and i think it's an amazing thing because I, I have to be honest as a homeowner i really don't want to have to deal with uh, upgrading my appliance buying right. another appliance or having to worry about updating my my um app to be able to get that specific specific um uh cooking setting so right. i think that's one of the so when you talk about technology and we talk about it in the home and in the bathroom, um, I think like you, that it needs to be have a function that you use. It shouldn't just be, you know, um, window dressing, which, yeah. and I'll speak of window dressing, um, we're at the hotel here. Okay. And, um, you know, they have a, a mirror with the inset, you know, connected, uh, you know, TV. Yeah. So you go there. So what I'm doing most of the time, you know what I'm doing? I don't have it on. I'm trying to look around it so yes. I can see myself. Agreed. Because yeah. I'm like, why in the heck did they put this thing right in the middle? <laughs> and when I put it on, do I really want to see this in the morning? Right. No, I do not want to see this in the morning. I want to chill a little bit. It's bad yeah. enough I got to look at myself in the mirror. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> so let's talk about, so we talked about the kitchen um, and we'll get to the bath in a minute. But I want to know is the kitchen is the hard one. Also, it's also connected to so many other spaces. It is. It's like the central part of the home. Yeah. So how do you go about, you're remodeling the kitchen, how do you connect to other part of this, or the homes? Is that a part of the plan or the program? You know, does the homeowner know that? Do you need to do things in the other part of the house to connect it? Like, how does that work? Sometimes you do. Mm -hmm. Like, so I'll go back to, you know, a Wi-Fi signal. If there's no great signal in your kitchen, um, I, I used a, a phrase one time, I didn't even realize it rhymed, but I told a group of remodelers once, I said, when you open a wall, give me a call. And that phrase kind of stuck because chances are there's a wire that needs to be run somewhere. And whether it's a wire for a speaker or for a keypad or for a, a wireless access point so you have good Wi-Fi signal, there's always an opportunity. And since kitchens do often connect to the great room, the living room, all these other spaces, you have to think about where the audio travels even. So, okay, you've got a TV in your great room, but you're in your kitchen, but you can see the television. Mm -hmm. Well, we need the audio to be in the kitchen, not necessarily in the family room or the great room. So there has to be a connection there. And typically that's with wires. It can happen sometimes wirelessly. Mm -hmm. um, how does that happen? Getting involved at the right time, um, running alongside your electrician and ensuring that, you know, we're simpatico, you know, working together. Um, and then again, kind of back to that experience of what are you doing in this space and what do you want to access? You know, even like heart of the home, the kitchen, you've got, I have an iPad on a charging dock, so I don't have to see my wires, which is great. 
Um, anytime my doorbell rings, I can see who's at mm -hmm. the door. I can look at my cameras with my kids outside playing and feel comfortable knowing that I can cook and he's safe. Uh, and why would I ever need to see cameras in my kitchen? Well, because it makes me feel good. And if you don't ask those questions of your homeowners, whenever you're designing their space, you're going to miss those elements of what happens in their home. And so that that fact finding and part mm -hmm. of that whole design process, every question that you know designers are asking of function and why and how, those other elements of the family and how they live, that's all connected through technology in a way. And whether they say that they use it or not, they're going to be using technology in their space. It's going to happen. Well, that's what shocks me the most is that I feel like when you are designing a space in the home and you're talking to your client, I feel like people forget about the technology aspect. They think about just the way, and again, I'm not saying all designers, I mean, I think we all forget things, but I do think there must be some sort of checklist. But I think you cannot get away from the technology integration into any room today. I don't, I don't really, laundry, um, mudroom, all of these rooms, the whether they're alarms yeah. set up, uh, whether it's lighting, mm -hmm. music, they're all set up in some way, shape or form to integrate with technology from a living standpoint. So mm -hmm. where do you go, if I'm a designer, what are those steps that I need to do so I'm aware and when I'm talking to the client, I can ask them the right questions to elicit the responses that are gonna make my redesign, um, the first go around, yeah. um, you know, uh, work. Yeah, uh, well, the, the best thing to do is to have someone that you can trust and mm -hmm. collaborate and work with. Uh, Cedia is a great resource for that. So um, finding a Cedia integrator in their area, mm -hmm. there's a uh, finder on cedia.org. Um, <clears throat> you can put in your zip code and find someone in your area, but don't stop there because we're not all cut from the same cloth. Uh, some of us are highly technical and like the big speakers and like all of the big things that are visible that a lot of designers don't want to see. And some of us, like myself, we're design minded and we think with hidden in mind. And so we design projects like that. And you can pretty much tell by going to someone's social media page or, you know, talking to them and, you know, looking at their website, what type of projects they happen to do. Um, finding a person like a CDA integrator uh vetting the types of projects that they do mm -hmm. and then finding like do you like them <laughs> you know are they sure. fun to work with are they going to help you are they going to squash and overpower the mm -hmm. design and force technology in maybe where it's not needed or you know take over a project and i you know back to your original question i think that's maybe another fear factor is if i bring this person in they may take over my project you know, derail the budget, derail the timeline, all or of those things. Or make me feel Make me stupid. feel stupid. Right. Yeah, and make I me think, look yes. stupid in front of my clients. Show how, how right. poorly this lighting plan was, but they come in and make it look great. No, all that stuff, all those conversations need to happen in the designer's office or in the, the showroom. Have those conversations, build that relationship before you ever go into a client space. And a, I think a good integrator would say, let's look at some past projects that you've done. Mm -hmm. You know, let's let's talk about what's done in the past, maybe problems that you ran into. How could they have been avoided? What can we do to help you move that so that you don't encounter it the next time? Right. Um, it's important, just like you have your go to carpenter, drywall, plumber, electrician, part of the team, part of the team at an integrator. And in every part of the conversation, you think about all those parts in your planning process, that technology person is another one to have. So I think it's also the terminology, right? So we, you know, if you, if you ask a lot of people today, 
clients, um, designers, architects, you ask them what a integrator technologist is, and I think all of them think AV. Yeah, they do. Or they might even not know what an integrator is. Correct. And they think <laughs> AV, okay, audio, visual, and that's right. all it is. Right. And, I, and I feel like that that's not, we have to move past that. So education, talking to you, having these kind of conversations, our conference tomorrow, I hope is getting us all past that where it's not just, AV is a very small part. It is one of slice of the pie. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's audio visual, that's one component. Mm -hmm. There's lighting. There's um, connected things, so wireless, um, you know, internet, right? Atmosphere. Atmosphere. There's all kinds of wellness yep. elements that are tied in, um, and lighting corresponds with that wellness component. Um, security cameras, fire alarms. Oh I mean, it's, what doesn't, what isn't connected right. these days? It's really uh, just about everything. Um, so let's talk about some of the must-have integrations or products when it comes to, let's talk about the bath, because we haven't spent that much time in the bath. Yeah, yeah. I have to tell you, the bath is where there's so much activity happening. There is. Um, where people are expanding. It's actually their retreat. It's an area to get away from everything, maybe their kids, um, so that they can just chill, yeah. right? So let's talk about some must, what you consider some must-have product or technology integrations into the bath in today's kind of world. In today's world, and I'll start with something that's not even a product that we would ever sell, mm -hmm. radiant floor heat. Like It is just so incredibly comfortable that that piece of technology, I think, is every bathroom mm -hmm. should have. Um, when we talk about the world that I come from, a solid internet Wi-Fi signal, solid given, and lighting, and dimmable lighting, tunable white lighting, or color-changing lighting, all of those add to that retreat component mm -hmm. when you can have the color of the light adjust as if it were outside you know nice dim amber and quiet you're not wanting to uh, retreat in a room that's brightly lit with blue light that you would see in the middle of the day like our bathrooms yes right like our bathrooms yeah. that are in the hotel exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's very depressing very true um and uh and so lighting is one and then with the color aspect some people are like oh that's kind of gimmicky i don't really understand mm -hmm. but but truly color elicits mood and it, designers know this and that's why so much time and effort is spent picking the right color, the right shade, the right paint. Well, now you can do that with light as well. And I think that's a, a must have part of that. Um, a lighted mirror would mm -hmm. be great as well. So one you can see as you're applying makeup or right. shaving or what have you, um, you actually get to see your whole face and see what it looks like. Um, but then also it's just another layer of light. So you have, you feel like you're enveloped in this space instead of um, being spotlighted and shadows that you don't want to see. So what's interesting to me, I think when you talk about colored lighting, people think, obviously, like we just talked about the holiday, you know, they think blues, reds, greens, yeah. and that's not what you're talking right. about. You know, you're talking about those warm colors, presets that you can set throughout the day. So yeah. you wake up in the morning, you know, to go at, um, you know, before you go to sleep, during the day, there's all these different presets that don't mean bright colors yeah. like a disco. Right. You know, I think that's also like a preconceived notion that clients are like, oh God, no, I don't want that in my bathroom, but maybe they don't quite understand. So what do clients want? I mean, do you have to convince them of this and how do you do that? Do you have to take them to showrooms? I mean, talk to me a little bit about the client side and what their expectations are, if there are any beyond say Wi-Fi or like mm -hmm. a ring doorbell. Mm -hmm. Um, clients' expectations in the bath in particular or kitchen? It could be both, bath and both. kitchen, yeah. both, because um, I think both of those spaces are the ones that going forward would be the most renovated. Mm -hmm. you, there's, there's a fair amount of education still needed. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, it's not that we have to really sell or push or anything, but there is a lot of education that goes into it. So uh, working with a designer and understanding what the client has told them and then mm -hmm. speaking with the client directly, you know, working as a team. Um, most people want music, very simple. Um, it doesn't have to be extravagant. Uh, so I have some people that they'll turn their phone on and don't want to put a speaker in their bathroom and I don't understand that. But um, so- Is it the cost or is it the look? I think why? it's the cost, you know, or they're too far past in a remodel where they weren't able to get the wire that needed to be. Right. And so, or maybe they'll use a plug-in, something that sits on their countertop mm -hmm. instead. Um, so music is a kind of a must have. Mm -hmm. um, and lighting control. Really, uh, a lot of people are understanding the value of consolidating all those switches, having one button that kind of does what, what you want it to do. Then it's tied to an app on your phone if you want to adjust that scene or do anything else. Um, but most of us all live similarly in our house the same way all the time. And automating those simple daily tasks of what buttons I normally press when I wake up and when I leave and when I go to sleep, those are like the key elements a lot mm -hmm. of people are really enjoying now. Um, some still don't know that you can do this. So it goes back to that education. And uh, whether it's directly educating the client or through a designer so that you feel, the designer feels educated and can speak in a smart manner and intelligent way about what these solutions are, why they should be involved, you know. So when I talk to designers, some of them tell me their clients don't want any of this. And I think to myself, is that a generational thing? So you think about millennials. The millennials are all about technology. Mm -hmm. You know, Gen Z coming up are all about technology. Although, gotta say, you know, they're they're starting to read books again, like yeah. physical books, which I kind of love. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so, do you think it's generational where you've got your millennials who might want a lot of the bells and whistles, um, but maybe they don't use half of them, and then maybe have the boomers who maybe use it but don't really think about it. So, do you think that this is generational? Um, what are your thoughts on that? I have a lot of clients that would probably be considered boomers mm -hmm. that um, they they love technology. And I love technology. Yeah. I'm old. Yeah, well, <laughs> um, you're wise. Yeah, I don't know about that, but okay. <laughs> um, I think it's more of the question you ask because if you ask somebody if they want a smart home, the answer is always no. Typically always no. But if you ask, would you like a house? Would you like to be able to come home and press a button or even just have your house know that you're home and turn the lights on for you so you can get out of your garage and drop your groceries off without having to really Fumble touch a light switch? Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's a lot about the question and understanding um, someone's answer to it. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of unspoken needs that we as tech designers, kitchen and bath designers, have to pull out of our clients, right? Um, and listening for those unspoken needs. And as far as generational, I think the difference is that millennials and those that are younger are going to expect it to be there. And the, the older generation, mine included, um, would need to have to understand how to add it. So it's kind of a different way of thinking, I think. Like, youngers want to move into a space and know that it's connected and it has all these features, like you said, even if they don't use all of them. Right. Um, whereas the older generation, I feel, they're like, well, I guess we'll add it to this because we've been living in this home for a while. You know, it's it, maybe they're remodeling or, or building a new home. And now's the time since, you know, let's get into the 
the 2000s. <laughs> well, let me just say with most people, because of what's happening, the interest rates, everyone's kind of staying in these homes yeah. where they thought maybe this is my starter home. Or I'm going to move on bigger, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. um, better. So now what's happening is that everyone's like, well, you know, now the interest rates are near 7%. And my, I'm locked into a mortgage under 4%, sometimes 3%. Guess what? We're staying. Mm -hmm. As a result, our models, you know, have been kind of through the roof. And we're still seeing that continue as you move forward. Maybe not through the roof, but continue on a steady stream. So I think that if you're a designer, I would think most of what you're going to want to do going forward is, along with everything else you're talking about, when you talk about their lifestyle technology, it's a big part of it. Because no matter who you are, like you said, a millennial or boomer, you're using technology. And mm -hmm. it's not just the phone, right? Um, yeah, look at the kind of cars they drive, you know? Yeah. Like, are, do, are they driving Teslas? They they like technology. Yeah, you know? it's, even if they're not driving a Tesla, mm -hmm. most cars today are way they're more complicated. Way more complicated. Absolutely. I mean, just putting in Apple Play, mm -hmm. I mean, you have to be able to sync up. So, I mean, yep. why wouldn't you do that in your home? Yeah. So that's it, a And mindset. it comes back to that question, like, I, I don't like technology, I don't use it. Really? Right. You oh, don't yes, drive you do. a car? You don't have a phone? You don't have a computer? You don't right. use email? You don't turn on a light switch? That's technology. It's from the 50s, but it's still technology. <laughs> so it just gets me when you showed me that house that was renovated. Um, I, I, I think we said several million dollars and they had those switches that looked like they were from a decade ago. Yeah. And you do walk into these very expensive homes and you see that and you know what, I'm not saying I'm against switches because sometimes people, you know what, they want to go back to switches. No yeah. problem with that. I understand. But you're not going to want 10 switches on the wall. Mm -hmm. um, so, okay. So after all we've talked about, and the mistakes you've seen, you know, why do you think designers still don't want to bring the integrator onto the team? Yes, we talked about the money, we talked about the budget. You know, is it awareness? It, what would you think the number, is it awareness, um, time? Um, what is it? Yeah. What is it? It's probably individual. Mm -hmm. But if I had to kind of give like an overarch, it's awareness, really. Okay. And kind of back to your point of AV. Yeah, right? AV. So why would I need an AV guy in my kitchen if I'm not doing any AV? No well, television. Yeah, right. an AV yeah. guy, right? Yes, yeah. we all know who they were. Yeah. yeah, we all know from from our high school days. I mean, I'm an AV guy. <laughs> right, right. And we talked right. about that too. It shouldn't be yeah. just be a guy. Like yeah. you and I talked about yeah, how yeah, yeah. it would be great if it was a little bit more equal in terms right. of male, female, you know, in terms of your integrators, et cetera. But we're going right. to get there like everything else. Yeah, it's coming. It's coming. Um, but I think it's truly, it's awareness, mm -hmm. you know, and, and understanding the, um, understanding that, just like running water, everyone will be using technology. And whether they say it or not, it's that unspoken need. They're not going to tell you, most likely you won't have a client tell you, I want high speed internet in my kitchen and I want you know to listen to music because I entertain and I wanna be able to dim my lights to 2700 Kelvin. No, nope, they're really not going to be. You have to present these options and paint that picture as part of the, the kitchen and bath environment that you're creating. Correct, the lifestyle. Yeah, it just completes it. So we're going to move on to one of my favorite things, which is talking about products and the advances that you see um, spe specifically in kitchen and bath and in technology. What really elevates a home today? Like if you think about it today, but also in the next couple of years, what are some products that you're seeing that you're super excited about um, that you think that everyone should know about and that at some point are probably going to end up being in everyone's home? Yeah. That really elevate their experience. So the um, tunable white lighting, mm -hmm. I feel, is uh, it's still in some categories, Ketra, for instance, mm -hmm. makes beautiful tunable white lighting, full color spectrum. Um, and then there's other manufacturers as well that do a really nice job, DMF and a few others. Um, that is one that is transformative because, you know, to 
have that component of wellness and light that can change throughout and you know as you see one color in one part of your house during the day and another it mm -hmm. just it feels more like home right um there's a few other products that i've seen uh with specific to like hiding televisions making them mm -hmm. look nice built specifically for the kitchen and bath space that can be installed in an actual shower Love that, love um, that. <laughs> but I don't, I don't know if I want that in yeah, my yeah. home. But Not that, I love that idea. Right, though. but some, but there are some AV, some AV enthusiasts that really want televisions in every pocket of their house, right? Um, so if that's a desire, now we have a way to make it happen, electrically sound and safe mm -hmm. because it is powered through low voltage, uh, and the power source, the high voltage parts, very far away from the water source. Um, so talk yeah. to me about this. What I've seen is the um, screens behind the range. So that helps me cook, but it seems a little grease would get on it. Like it seems like it would not be the optimal um, solution, but I don't know. I'd ask you, where do you put that screen so that I don't have to look at my phone or my iPad? Like where's that screen going to help me cook? Yeah, I don't know. That's, that's an odd one to me too. I feel with, to your point about the reality of cooking. Yes. <laughs> like grease and splatters and all of that. And also the angle, like truly it, if you're, you know, I'm five, seven and right. I cook in this plane, but I don't, I, I look at a higher plane. So is the screen now going to be tall enough for me to look at it? No, I'm, I have a hood. Right. So then right. I have to duck under the hood to see this thing. And why is it really helping me cook at this point? You know what? I'm not really that I don't good know a cook if to it know is. that, but I do know that people have that want that yeah. um, in their kitchens in a way that makes it easy. And they said that the phone, the iPad just aren't, doesn't cut it. It's not cutting it. So I'd be interested to know what that solution is. Yeah. Um, anything else in the kitchen or bath or even whole home that you see coming down the <clears throat> pike? Um, I, well, I saw a really fun uh, product at KBiz, the Cooksey. I thought that was neat. Um, kind of niche for those mm -hmm. that are really into cooking and stream. Um, you know, I don't really know of anything right now. I mean, I'm at the show and I need to go down there and check out some new products. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, uh, voice. Let's talk a little bit yes. about voice. Okay. I think that is probably one of the things that through the pandemic, it actually spurred the use of voice control. Now we go touchless. We don't mm -hmm. want to touch things. We use our voice to command. Um, and so seeing more infiltration of voice command through the home and voice control is happening. More Whether so than motion? Um, yeah, more so than motion. Yeah, because yeah. I have to tell you that when I talked to some designers who had put in motion, whether it's lighting, whether it's, um, you know, whether it's faucet, they were saying that some of their clients were not as happy living with that because yeah. of the, you know, the um, unintended consequences of yes. something going on when Correct. you move close to it. So yeah. there are some people taking that, but voice, so you control, yeah. which I kind of love. So I, I think you're right about that. I think voice is going to be the next way because why not? Yeah, right? absolutely. Um, so what's important, I think, also to designers is how much support they get from manufacturers. So talk to me about who you think is doing it right in terms of support, not just support, but education. Because a lot of times designers don't know where to go or who to turn to for education about whether it's technology, um, you know, new appliances. If there's so much happening that it can be overwhelming. Mm -hmm. So who do you think is doing a good job when it comes to manufacturers, uh, products, support a designer, educate them about the new technology and what's out there? Yeah, um, well, Cedia integrators, mm -hmm. um, some of them can be COI certified, which means they're a CDA outreach instructor mm -hmm. and can offer continuing education credits for architects, designers, um, builders, et cetera, realtors and that. 
Um, so finding a, a CDA COI mm -hmm. is a helpful person. And it's not a product manufacturer, but it's right. someone out there that provides education. Um, on the manufacturer side, um, I'm really am trained mostly in my technology of our side of the home and a little bit probably less than what I see in your world. Mm -hmm. But what I have seen, I've um, Samsung does a nice job of trying to educate where they can. Um, they've got a, a good resource center. Um, I, I want to say that at that um, event we did, they were super educated. And what's interesting to me is a lot of the designers that went to that event and they talked about the new technology and advances didn't know about any of that. So I, I feel like there are things happening that we're just not pushing out, you know, yeah. and letting people know about. So. I feel, and I think some of it too is like, you know, maybe designers may have just an a, innate mm -hmm. disinterest in wanting to understand technology or deal with it. There's one of the best designers, interior designers in St. Louis has told me, I don't really get into that. Oh. I let that happen with someone else. And- Do they it, pull them on the team or they, they, or they are saying they, that that's a separate project it's more, at first I thought it was a separate project, right. but once I dove in, it's more like, you know, shh, this particular designer doesn't necessarily want to be involved in all of the decisions. Mm -hmm. Just show me what I need to know, you know? And so with that, it's, I come to her with, all right, here's the colors of the keypads, which one do you want? And she doesn't necessarily want to be involved in um, deciding where they go or what the label says or any of the programming and the particulars that we typically that. deal with. Yeah, and I, and I see that as well. But the, the first time she answered that question, I was like, wait a minute, <laughs> I've seen your homes and they're gorgeous. So I know that at some point a technology person is involved. Um, we were actually work together on a couple projects. So I think if, if they trust you, like I'd be the same way. I really don't wanna see how the sausage is made. Just yes. show me right. like what, the end results may look like, so I can choose which one I want. Yes. So I understand that completely, but you really need to, you really need to partner with somebody that you trust because otherwise it's going to be a disaster. And we know, and again, I've heard some stories, horror stories of people where they partner with people that didn't really work out. Right. And then that client is not happy. And guess who gets the blame? It's not the integrator. It's, it's definitely designer. the designer. Yeah. It's whoever brought them in. So you've been an advocate, because we've talked about this, you've been an advocate for this kind of integration of technology and design for what, eight, nine, 10 years, I think you told me, a very eight, long time. 18 years in business. Oh, 18 years. Yeah, so, but all right, 18 years. actively right. in this community, yeah. Tell me, have we progressed? I mean, I know we've progressed a little, but what are, you, what are your thoughts on where we are in this trajectory? <laughs> uh, we have progressed, and yet there are many people that still don't understand you can do so much. Mm -hmm. um, so the flywheel has started to move, but we need to keep it going. And what you're doing here by bringing your chapter together mm -hmm. and having the conversation here at our expo, we're combining these worlds so that they can truly see what we're talking about and understand that we're, we're not, it's not a little industry. This is a billion dollar industry. And it's something that I think most designers, once they find someone they can connect with and they have built one or two projects mm -hmm. that adds more value to their design and now they come to the table with exactly who they need and they're not scrambling to find a tech person on the back end. Um, that is highly valuable for that designer and that designer's brand and what they offer to their clients because it's way more holistic than other people designers that aren't considering it at all or that are just now picking it up. So I've, I've worked with people in our area. I have, like I said, locally for 18 years, but really in this, kind of out there educating <laughs> the world <laughs> for the past 10 or so. Um, and I still 
think sometimes they're not picking it up all the time and understanding to embed it mm -hmm. is just part of the process. It's part of the process. Yeah. You know, I think I think it's a competitive advantage. Yeah. I really do in this day and age, and even more so as we move forward, um, and as people really um, go more inward in their homes, stay in their homes, and they want all these advantages. Because even though when you tr if you travel like you and I do, you do go to some of these hotels where it's amazing. And you're like, I just want to replicate this. Yes. You know, if I could do this at home, I'd be super happy. Mm -hmm. um, well, thank you, Jamie, for this kind oh, of warm up because yeah. uh, we're talking again tomorrow yeah. and for sharing your knowledge and your insights. As always, I learned something new um, every time I talk to you <laughs> and I kind of feel like, oh, my gosh, I thought I knew something, but I absolutely don't. So thank you so much for your time. I really do appreciate absolutely. it. Absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate and good it. luck finding new products. Yeah. Thank you. Look forward to it. Well, I hope everyone who's listening takes away at least one idea or solution that can help on your next project. If you have any questions for Jamie or myself, please email me at pmcnally at nkba.org. And Jamie, what's your email? It's Jamie, J-A-M-I-E, at controlstl.com. Feel free to contact either of us yep. um, if you have any questions and you want to do follow-up. And also, don't forget that you can still sign up for free to attend KBiz, uh, so jump on that before everything gets sold out. Um, but also, our promotion for free, registration expires October 14th. Thank you again, Decor, for sponsoring our podcast. And I hope all of you tune into our next segment, which airs November 3rd, and will also be with me on the road while I'm in Chicago. Have a great day, and thank you all for listening in.